Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Hope you're all doing well on this beautiful Thursday evening, which we are in right now. My co-hostess with the mostest, Jake, how are you doing? I am the mostest excited to be here. Uh, Me too. You know why I'm excited to be here? Why? You tell me. I've been drinking since I got off of work, so I'm nice and loose and ready to go. We're talking fantasy football, which is one of my most favorite things to talk about. Yep. And I don't have to work tomorrow, so I can sit and do this all night if I want to. So I am fucking just primed up and ready to go. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy for you. I'll say it. I'm happy for you that all of those things are going the way that you want them to. Can I ask? You said this is one of your most... Uh, fun things to talk about. What are some of your other most fun things to talk about besides fantasy football? I like, Let us know you. I like to talk about beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to talk you about TV team. shows that I like. Yeah. I, will, I will talk about books, music. I love talking music. I can talk music what, all day the long. What band that you're listening to right now, Dustin? The Tell band. people what band you're listening to. Right I am now. listening to, I listened to it a good chunk of the day today. Uh, the North Mississippi All Stars. I, I don't know what that is, but I. They are the they are kind of um, bluesy, southern rock. All right. Uh, really good, just really good, just rhythm to it, and just kind of dirty sounding, and uh, they are they're awesome. It gets so you get, moving after it does. a few of them years. That's right. So get on board with them. Tune in. Let us know if you like them. I'm going to look it up right after we get done recording. Perfect. I saw them here in Madison uh, right before, like, the quarantine hit, uh, and they were outstanding. Perfect. All right. I guess we can talk about fantasy football. All right. So we've got a great episode this evening. We are talking off-season trade targets. So this is a little bit more dynasty-oriented. But first things first, what are we drinking? Jake. What are you drinking? Well, I I apparently, uh, I prepped to have to be playing catch-up to you, which I didn't even know before we got on air here that you had been drinking all day. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like I'm ready to level up with this beverage here. So I'm not going beer today. I made myself a little concoction uh, because we had tequila, and I wanted to drink it. Nice. Uh, But we didn't have lime juice. But what we did have, so I made uh, Kirkland Silver Tequila, which is the Costco brand, which I'm telling you right now is identical to whatever you're going to be buying with the brand name. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying, I know they use the same distilleries as the big names. It's Don't pay for the label, people. That's pay right. that giant gallon of uh, wonderful silver tequila. Mm-hmm. So I mix that with some Patron Citronage. Nice. And orange liqueur. And then I topped it off with a beer that I only had uh, because I was saving it for a potential beer bet, in fact, to make you chug which you've done in the past. It's a Leinenkugel Cranberry Shandy. Yeah, that's not great. It's a bad beer, but can I tell you, it's actually a pretty good mixer. That doesn't surprise me because it's it's very sweet. Yeah. So you you got that going for you, which you need a little sweetness in the uh, with the margaritas. So uh, not bad as a mixer. 
Exactly right. And this is the most effective way to get all of the booze into my system. <laughs> Absolutely. What so, are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Boulevard Brewing, their tequila lime, or tequila barrel lime goza. Ooh. Yeah, it's very good. I like a good goza. Is this what you've been drinking all day? No, no. I've been drinking my homebrew uh, pale ale all day. But decided to switch it up for the show. I'm assuming than what this is. Yes, yes, it is. Sweet. Well, Mm -hmm. uh, now that we're both uh, good and on our way to being liquored up, you want to talk about our drunk, 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 hammered, drunk, 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 trade of the week. Let's do it. Oh, this one's this one's the goodie. So this one comes in from Twitter. It's at KJ Banash. Banach. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. And for that, I am uh, regretting right now. <laughs> um, but the, the important part of this, the trade itself, I traded Reggie Bush for Calvin Johnson. So we're going in the Wayback Machine here. This was week two of Calvin's record-setting year. Traded him straight up when me and my buddy were both drunk. He is a huge Dolphins fan. He still regrets the trade to this day. L-O-L. So, Dustin, do you recall the days of Calvin Johnson for fantasy football? I sure do. Did you ever, were you ever lucky enough to own... Uh, actually, I'm not going to say it. I, were you ever lucky enough to roster Calvin Johnson at any point? I was not. I, I did not get into Dynasty until uh, a few years ago. Uh, and with redraft, I, I just never, um, never drafted him. That's fair. I, I was also never lucky enough to be on the the Calvin train, uh, nor was I uh, ever on the Reggie Bush train. So you know, neither of these guys mm-hmm. uh, did I ever have any part of. But uh, for the for those of you who don't recall Calvin Johnson's record-setting season, this was 2012. He had 204 targets, Ooh. 122 receptions, 1,964 yards. Only five touchdowns, though. Only. That's that's where it gets you there. Only those five touchdowns. Uh, you want to know? You want to know what Reggie offered you during that same time? Oh, please tell. He did not crack a thousand yards rushing. Ooh. Um, he did. He did have six touchdowns, so he had Calvin beat. Uh, on that front Um, and he also put up about 35 receptions uh, nearly 300 receiving yards fine he was fine for fantasy but he was not Calvin Johnson no oh my god no (laughs) every week every week the guy who got Calvin just had to smush it in his league mates face oh absolutely I think he should still do it to this day. And it sounds like he is, uh, or she is, so I- I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that is just, oh, that that one just hurts. He says that we're both drunk. I'm guessing he had about four or five of these uh, guys that I made myself here <laughs> for the show uh, to make that one happen. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would rub that in your face if we were to make a trade such as this. I would rub yeah. that in your face forever don't worry you'll never have to worry about that because i will never make that poor of a trade with you (laughs) well and we're also not in a league together right now either so 
that's the truth, which we do have to remedy. We do. I, I got to say. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to the to the main event here, the main topic of the, the evening? Let's do it. I, I apologize in advance that it's just the two of us here today. You know, we've been on this roll of, of having uh, these amazing guests come on. You're going to have to slum it with just me and Dustin. Don't apologize uh, for, for that. We're awesome. <laughs> we are awesome. But you know what's better than two awesome people? Three awesome people. A threesome is better than a twosome. Ha ha. Probably. <laughs> All right, let's talk off-season trade targets. So just for reference here, we're going to throw around some ADPs mm-hmm. uh, for these players. We got these from fantasydata.com. ADP rankings, especially for Dynasty, seem to vary a whole lot mm-hmm. depending on who you're looking at. So just, just so everybody knows. Yep, yeah. Just, you know, we want to give a shout-out to uh, fantasydata.com because they have a ton of information out there. It's all for free, so if you don't use them, go check them out because their site is amazing. And, again, we just want to let you know where we're pulling our da- Dynasty data from so that when you say, well, that's not what I saw on X site, well, that's because we're using a different one. So um, let's start off with quarterbacks. Who do you got, Jake, for your offseason trade target? I went in. We've talked about this guy a few times in recent episodes. I just recently traded and was adding him to my roster not a week ago. And it is Matt Ryan, quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, of course. He currently has a dynasty ADP of QB 11. Here's what I like about Matt Ryan. He has everybody there. Mm -hmm. Everybody on his team is going to make him better this year. Julio, Calvin Ridley, the addition of Todd Gurley, which I see as an upgrade for Matt Ryan mm-hmm. uh, above Devonta Freeman. So we talked about this with Jake Rip when he was on for the, his divisional breakdown um, of what he thought of, of this whole offense. And it was great to get his perspective as, uh, obviously, as the homer. You, you always want to know what, what the homers think of their own team. And then you can temper expectations. You know what? I'm not tempering anything that he said. I am actually ready and willing to believe that Matt Ryan can be uh, an easy top five quarterback this year. And I think he has a few good years left in him. Mm -hmm. He's getting to the age where eventually you'll have to worry about a drop off. I don't see that happening this year, next year, probably even the year after it. Um, So eventually you have to worry about that. But if you're working within a fairly short window for your dynasty, which I typically do, I'm a more of a two to three year guy than like a five to six year guy like I know some folks are so if that's your deal then maybe Matt Ryan's not for you um but at that ADP I think he is I think he's a smash to outperform it uh especially this year nice I agree I think uh Matt Ryan is going to have uh one of his bounce back seasons he very well could be in the top five with as much as you hear people hyping up Calvin Ridley right now, and there's a lot of people saying that he's going to have the Chris Godwin breakout season this year, uh, I'm personally not on that hype train, uh, but but he has the talent. I mean, they've got all the weapons in the world. So I, yeah, I like Matt Ryan at this uh, at this this spot where you can get him, and you're not going to have to overpay for him either, especially in a one QB league. Uh, Superflex oh, yeah. might be a different story, 
but if you are a contender especially and you you're looking for a little bit of an upgrade um i mean the ceiling is off the charts for him can i tell you what i actually paid for matt ryan i think you should um when i when i traded him this was a super flex league i just want to give some context to what his going rate is uh because i think people are simultaneously over and underestimating it i traded melvin gordon and dwayne haskins and i felt that that was um a steal for me now this was obviously positional dependent Mm -hmm. a little bit for the person that i was trading with who really needed and wanted the running back depth i i think melvin gordon will be very solid so Mm -hmm. i don't think that he's just a throw-in piece he is a focal point for a trade like that and i have a well-documented love of dwayne haskins uh at least in terms of opportunity and potential Mm -hmm. but i really think that i was surprised um kind of expecting a little bit more uh of a of a counter offer you know expecting some additional throw-ins to have to happen and and that didn't uh didn't happen so i was i was psyched to actually get him for that yeah i think that's uh a decent trade I don't hate it just because Dwayne Haskins, while we're expecting him to improve this season, it's not like he was anything super special last year. Melvin Gordon, he's been very good, but he's also been dinged up a lot. So there's no guarantee that he's going to be healthy all season long. Uh, And I know Matt Ryan missed a couple games last season, but overall he's been uh, pretty reliable out on the field. So I, I like that. And the quarterback, especially in a super flex, um, it's, it's hard to make a trade without adding extra pieces in there. So yeah, I, like I said, the, the ceiling for Matt Ryan is just off the charts. I mean, he in theory could be, uh, the QB one on the season, depending on how things go. It's not out of the realm of possibilities. Exactly right. Not expected. No, no, I definitely want to make that clear. I'm not saying he is going to be the QB one on the season, (laughs) But that is the ceiling. That's right. And speaking of uh, uh, previously Mr. Reliable at quarterback who had some issues last year, but really for the first time, I'm very interested in your trade target here. Yeah, so I have Matthew Stafford. He's currently going as the QB 18 uh, in, in Dynasty, which is freaking bonkers. So I don't get it. I know Matthew Stafford. He's been in the league forever. He's been in the league for 12 years, but he's only 32. Like, he's got a good five, six, seven years left in the league, assuming he stays healthy. Uh, and, and going into this last season, he hadn't missed a game since his sophomore season in the league. Like, he's been very reliable, very consistent. Uh, he was on pace last year. And I know we talked about this in previous episodes, but this is why I love him. He was on pace for almost 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns last season. Do I expect wow. Do I expect them to be at that pace this season? Probably not. I mean, because that is just a spectacular season. But I, it, it's not out of the realm of possibilities for him to throw for easily 4,500 yards and... 32 touchdowns or 30 touchdowns uh, uh, he he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions which really helps now you don't get anything really with the rushing game but that's not what he's known for uh, and he's got 
Kenny Galladay, young stud. They've got um, Marvin. Marvin Jones. Thank you. Uh, he's coming back from injury. He's super reliable. And they just picked up a great running back in the draft with DeAndre Swift, who can catch passes out of the backfield, uh, also to take a little pressure off of him. And you got TJ Hawkinson, young upcoming tight end that flashed last season a lot. So, uh, and again, his his ceiling he could be mid mid RB RB QB one, you know that five six seven range. Uh, oh yeah easily so uh the fact that he's going so low just just floors me yeah and i wonder is it, it must most of this must be based on that back injury from last year and I, i'm assuming that's why the adp is so low at this moment i wonder if it'll get a little bit higher as we get closer to the season and once people see him actually on the field doing his thing uh showing that he's healthy maybe that adp will go up maybe um, um I just know there's a lot. I mean, quarterback is so deep right now, too. So, I mean, I can kind of understand it. But like I said, he's, I mean, some of the guys that are going ahead of him right now, I mean, he's got a higher ceiling then. Uh, right before him at 17 is Tua, which I get. He's rookie, um, but we've never seen him play. Uh, Sam Darnold is at Miami. Yeah, Hello. Sam Darnold's at 16. I would take Stafford over Sam Darnold. Yet um, Jimmy G's at fourteen. I mean, he's no. he's fine, but he doesn't have a great ceiling. So I just, I mean, I don't see any reason why he's not that. He should be a fringe QB one in in dynasty drafts, but he's not for whatever reason. Honestly, him and I, like I like Matt Ryan just a little bit more, but him and Matt Ryan should not be this far apart. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And he's younger than Matt Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. What's that all about? So, all right. Should we move on to running backs? Yeah, let's do it. And you know what? I'll keep things consistent here. (laughs) I did not realize, honestly, until I looked at it this moment, what I was doing uh, when I put my my first running back in this slot. But let's keep the good times going with Mm -hmm. Atlanta. I I got Todd Gurley in here, man. Uh, The ADP on Todd Gurley is... Bonkers. Now, I don't know um, when the last update for Fantasy Data's mm-hmm. ADP was, to be fair. Um, but whatever whatever it was, this is too low. And this is indicative of what people think of Todd Gurley right now. He's at RB33. He's just below Tevin Coleman. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. What? What? I, Todd Gurley is the bell cow on that team. And the, the argument that's going to come in to defend this ADP is... Well, his knees are old. Yeah, that's fine. His knees were old last year. And behind that awful offensive line uh, in L.A., he was still a very serviceable running back. Um, he, he did not fall off the cliff last year like people were anticipating. Your film guys are going to come in and say that when he caught passes, he just didn't look very good. And it took him a long time to, to flip his hips and, and all this. And he couldn't, you know, he wasn't as as uh, agile as he once was fine okay he still racked up um, about 900 rushing yards 200 receiving yards Um, he got 12 touchdowns so they clearly Mm -hmm. trusted him in the red zone to be able to plow through those knees were holding up in the red zone just fine Um, and and to 
sniff away a running back in that position. He is the de facto RB1 on that team. There's nobody that's going to come in, and I know we've talked about this a lot, but there's nobody coming in to steal away a massive amount of Mm -hmm. touches like there is on about 25 other teams in the NFL where you don't know that all those guys are going to get the workload. You know he's going to get the workload until or if he gets injured. And at that point, great, have some depth behind him. Be ready to have guys that you can sub in if that happens, but my goodness, man, that is just shameful that his ADP is that low. It is, it is. For someone that I think could easily be in RB1 this season. Easily. Yeah. Well, you know, I proclaimed on this very podcast that he has the ability to be the RB1. Again, I don't expect that to happen, but it's that in the range of outcomes, he is one of maybe 12 guys that that can say that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, um, trade for him because if people are just uh, undervaluing his knees, I guess, to that, that point, you should be willing to take advantage of that. I concur a hundred percent so we're in similar mindsets here because i see another injured guy in your slot yes that's right so i have james connor as one of my off-season trade targets at running back now his adp isn't that outrageous nothing like todd Gurley. he's currently going as the rb15 which which i think is fair but if he stays healthy, and I know that's that's the big if, um, he is he can be an RB one. I mean, we've seen it in the past, and I just I, I like the discount you can get him at right now because people are not buying him, and you don't have to pay the RB fifteen price tag for him. You could probably get no, him. That's what I was gonna say, I think that ADP is not reflective of like the leagues that I'm in. Right. You could probably get him for a mid to late second round. You think that's fair? I mean, you're you're definitely I not paying that's a first for starting floor. point that you could offer for the person who has Connor on their roster. I don't know that I would personally accept that. You know, I would not trade him away for that. But it's you know, throw it out there to see what they think what if you're a rebuilding team that that's just trying to acquire draft picks yeah sure then i think that's a reasonable offer to put out there because james connor's not someone you're gonna build uh, a rebuild around because he is injured he probably won't get a second contract from the steelers you know after this season so i just and, and if you're a contender i mean he's someone that you can easily throw in and he has tremendous upside what do you think about Anthony McFarland, rookie running back that they drafted in fourth round, I think it was? Uh, any worries about McFarland coming? Only if Connor gets hurt. Um, I think McFarland could come in and then keep the job or, or, or be maybe the lead back in a committee at that point. But I think that this is Connor's backfield to lose. Like I said, I don't think they're going to re-sign him after this season just based on their, their history with running backs, uh, everything that went on with, with Lev Bell, and um, they just don't seem to want to re-sign people to, to the big contracts. So I think if Connor stays healthy, they're going to use him and abuse him this season and then just let him walk in free agency. So um, if he stays healthy, great ceiling. Uh, if he gets injured, then I could see it more of a, a running back by committee. 
I for sure agree with that. You know what's funny is like we're talking both of these guys are uh, ostensibly in their last year with these teams. Gurley's on a one-year contract. Obviously, we know Connor's situation is like. But there was a list that came out on Twitter which blew my mind. I didn't realize how many running backs were in their contract, the final year of their mm-hmm. contract. And it's basically half of the guys. It is like, bonkers. Of the starting running backs. Free agency this years. next year is going to be amazing. So, but but I don't know. Do you agree with this strategy in doing this? Like one of the reasons I I put Todd Gurley here too is because if all of these guys are on the last year of their contract, and we know that the majority of them probably won't get re-signed or at least re-signed to long-term deals, mm-hmm. doesn't it make sense to just go after the cheapest of that bunch that still has the upside? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Rather than going and investing in an Aaron Jones mm-hmm. or. I mean, even pre-holdout Dalvin Cook or Joe Mixon or somebody like that, why not go for the discount? Because a lot of these guys could end up in a very similar situation uh, next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yay! I won you over. Let me see if I can win you over with this guy. I don't I'm, know that I'm, I can. No, I'm very best. curious to hear about this, uh, to right, hear your so thoughts, because... Yeah, second running back option here. I don't know how to feel about him. I I was very high on him last year. I drafted him uh, in a startup dynasty last year um, as my my RB2, uh, and he did not perform that way. Sure. Uh, And kind of lived up to the hype that that everyone expected. Let's put it that way. Um, So I'm curious to hear hear what you think. Yeah, hype coming in last year. For David Montgomery, running back for the Chicago Bears, was he? I mean, he was a top three rookie running back for sure. A lot of people had him as the top guy in that class. Just depends. Everybody had a preference last year, but he was definitely in those conversations mm-hmm. um, as the best rookie running back. He, yeah, he didn't bear out. Uh, what a lot of people wanted him to be and it was frustrating to see the usage for him I think more than anything Um, because he it just seemed like they didn't know how to use him Mm -hmm. Uh, Maggie was not using him the way that people wanted him to he got fine volume though I will say you know the usage overall wasn't great in terms of creativity but he got usage he had 242 rushing attempts he had 35 targets um, you would like to ideally see the target number go up uh, for him to, to get him to be a potential fringe RB1. Um, but, you know, he finished as RB24, so he was an RB2 for you last year. Mm-hmm. My hope, my hope, because we saw flashes of him being a really good pass catcher last year. You and I saw it probably, or paid more attention to it than most, because his greatest pass catching happened against the Packers. Of course. Uh, yeah, where he was getting those long catches, and they were designed routes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just screens like Tariq Cohen typically gets from there. It wasn't those dump-offs. He was getting designed routes, and he, it was working. And then they just stopped. They just stopped doing it for reasons that I won't understand. I'm kind of happy about just as a Packers fan, but not happy about as uh, somebody who had invested, uh, you know, in, in a share of David Montgomery. But I think this year they have to get it together. They didn't add anybody via the draft or free agency. It's still just him and Cohen working back mm-hmm. there. They didn't add any significant pass catchers. 
to, to take more targets away from him. So I just think, give him another year, let him be what people wanted him to be last year, and take advantage of those people who are super disappointed um, and expected him to be their RB1, but got an RB2 instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Nagy tried to get a little too cute last season with his play calling and because he's expected to be this genius play caller because he came from Kansas City and and that whole Andy Reid uh, tree. I And like you said, he, he's guaranteed usage. He, he's going to get 250 carries this season with ease. Uh, and, and I think you'll be able to get him at a discount and and to get that guaranteed volume you can't shake a stick at that even if he's just an rb2 on your team you, you, you i mean you love seeing that 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 type of volume yep yep and can i just say if if you're not a believer in montgomery or you don't want to pay whatever the asking price might be for david montgomery then go after Tariq cohen um because he he will get passes like there's no way that Tariq's not going to get passes maybe montgomery stays around the same Tariq Cohen is going to – I really think he'll ball out again this year. So either one of those guys, um, Montgomery probably has a slightly higher price at this point that you'd have to pay, but mm -hmm. go get both. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Cohen will have a bounce-back season. I don't think he's going to ball out, but he he is going to bounce back after last season. I think the hype was a little too much on him going into last year, and uh, it will regress back to the mean this year. I think he could finish around that RB15 area, though. Cohen? Yep. Really? Yep, I really do. In fact, I would beer bet um, that he will not finish lower than RB20. He finished RB27 last year in what I consider to be a really down year. I think RB20 is his floor. Do you want to do it? You've been drinking a little bit. I know I have. <laughs> I, was, I was much more interested at that RB15. I'm not going to lie. I think he could finish at RB15. I'm not saying that he will finish at RB15. But I'm telling you that the the range right there, RB15 to RB20, and at his price, which is, I think you could honestly send off a couple of third-round picks and have a great chance at getting Tariq Cohen, which I think you should do. But I'm saying he will not finish, barring injury, uh, lower than RB20 this year. Will you accept this gentleman's bet? I will. Why not? We need we need to get more uh, we need to get more beer bets on the docket here. So why not? I was gonna say we need more on the books. I like it. I, I mean, you should consider putting smarter ones on the books, but I will take anything that we can get on there. So RB twenty or higher. RB twenty. Correct. Okay, it's like it's, it. it's on the sheet. So wait now. Now that it's on the sheet, now I have to ask you because I'm, I'm genuinely curious here. So he did finish, again, as I said, last year he finished his RB27. Mm -hmm. You expect a bit of a bounce back. Now that's only seven spots to climb. True. Uh, obviously, there could be more because of the influx of other rookie running backs and yada, yada, mm -hmm. yada. He could finish more fantasy points and still not finish at a higher Correct. You know, overall. Correct. I get all that. Is that kind of what you're getting at here? Yes. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Woo! Another beer bet. All right. I like Another it. Another beer bet. Do you, do I, I can't guarantee that I'll make a beer bet about your next running back here. No? 
right, so I've got Kenyon yeah, Drake. Let's see how, how it unfolds. Yeah, so I've got Kenyon Drake. He is going right now as the RB24. And all he did last year was once he got traded to Arizona, he just balled out. I mean, he ended the season with over 800 yards and eight touchdowns and over 300 receiving yards. And he basically did all of that with Arizona in 14 games total for the season. Um, what's not to like about him? Um, and, and obviously Arizona really likes him because they put the tender on him. Uh, he's averaged almost five yards a carry throughout his career. And I know you could say small sample size, he didn't get a lot of carries, but he's gotten at a minimum outside from his rookie season uh, at least 120 carries per season. So it's not like he's he's only getting, you know, 20 touches and, and popping them off for five yards a rush. Like, he's gotten some decent work and, and, and has a good rushing average. And then top that out, uh, he's always been a receiving back. Uh, he's got 68 targets last year, which he'd love to see. Um, no touchdowns in the receiving game, which I think could change this year. Uh, he's gotten a full offseason with the Cardinals offense now. Kyler's another year uh, more mature in the league. Uh, they've got all the wide receivers there that they have to, defenses have to uh, focus on, which should open things up for Drake even more. Uh, and at this this price that, that you can get him at, it's just crazy. Yeah, I... I... I'm 100% actually on board with you. I think that that ADP is a little low, uh, a little on the extreme, but even comparing it to other, you know, sites that have ADP, like RB17 is pretty much the highest I've seen him mm -hmm. anywhere, which is, is kind of stupid. It is. But do you think it's just the ghost of Lamar Miller is still hanging over everybody? Like, oh, yeah, another guy who excelled with limited touches, but as soon as he got a workhorse role, then it was kind of meh city. You think it's just that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's the stink of Miami, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, he was one of my big trade targets last offseason. Um, so I picked him up in a couple leagues, which, which really paid off uh, down the stretch last year. Uh, and I'd be looking, if I don't have him on a team, I'm looking to get him again because I just, he, he's got a really nice ceiling. Yeah, I would love to be able to trade for him in uh, in one of my leagues, but I, if, if there's anybody who's the highest on Kenyon Drake that I've heard this whole offseason, it's Michelle Majuk uh, of the Ball Blast ladies. Mm -hmm. And she is currently uh, has a, a kung fu grip on him and will not let him go for anything short of like <laughs> Saquon Barkley plus Russell Wilson. <laughs> like it's just it's just not going to happen. But no. I, I'm with you, man. I, I think he's a, a great guy to go after. Mm hmm. All right, let's skip the wide receivers for a minute, because um, I, I feel like I feel like that's going to be a, a really big conversation with the wide receivers. Okay. Um, so uh -huh. let, let's do tight ends, and then we'll wrap up with something good. We'll do like a sandwich. We'll talk about good things, bad thing, and then a good thing. Come on, you! We have to stop the tight end disrespect. I will it's never. Far, probably far, or, or not far <laughs> enough. If I'm being honest. All right, uh, we can do that though. All right. I'm ready to hop in with a name that is is the most vanilla of all the tight ends, but is the guy who, 
of all the tight ends, there aren't many options that I look at and I go, well, they're a lock for this kind of production. I think it's a deep tight end uh, class, like overall, or I think it's a deep position overall in terms of potential and, you know, room for breakouts and all that. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of guys who could get you these points. Zach Ertz will get you these points. And Zach Ertz is just, you don't know, I've heard zero about him all off season. He just seems to be, uh, uh, I don't know, I mean, I guess I'll take him if I have to. And it's like, there's no way that that guy is lower than a tight end five this year. Right? Really? And and the thing with tight ends is, for Dynasty, again, Dynasty, I understand that we're looking further out. That's the whole point. And you want guys who will be, you know, studs for years. I don't know if you're ever going to find that with tight ends outside of like a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle. Mm-hmm. And if you want to pay off for those guys, then great. So you can lock it down for a bit. Even Kelsey's getting up there in age and he could start falling off. Mm-hmm. I- I'm more than happy to treat tight end as a one-year position for Dynasty. And for this one year, I don't see Dallas Goddard coming in and just absorbing so much of, of his targets or the rookie wide receivers coming in and absorbing so much of his targets that he falls outside that. So... Go, go get him. I think he's super reasonable right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but counterpoint. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like a lot of Zach Ertz's usage over the last couple of years has been because there's been no one else to throw to on that team. Uh, he, he's gotten all the targets because there's been no one else. Wide receiver core has been decimated over the last two years with injuries. Um, I mean, there, I could have probably played for the Eagles last year as wide receiver. They were that desperate. Uh, Josh McCowan almost did. Right. So I, I just wonder if, and I know it's a big if, but if the wide receivers stay healthy this season and with Dallas Goddard, now he flashed last year, obviously, had a great season as well. Uh, with him sure. being more involved, uh, Miles Sanders sh- you know, should be more involved throughout the entire season in the pass-catching game as well. Uh, I wonder if that takes away from Ertz's ceiling. I think it certainly takes away from his ceiling. I just don't think it subtracts as much from his floor as people believe right now. Because I don't think that they're... Look, yeah, relying on Alshon and Deshaun Jackson to stay healthy is just... A fool's errand. Mm-hmm. I won't even I, take I, that I, bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would never bank on that. But the thing is, even when Alshon did play 16 games, this is going all the way back to 2017, but he led the team in targets um, and in touchdowns, and Zach Ertz still crushed it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was still, in fact, let me just pull up his exact finish uh, in, in PPR formats here because I want to make sure that everybody's as confident as I am, but he finished as tight end three in that season. Even having a dominant wide receiver who was on the field, he was healthy. Um, Now, granted, they didn't have as much for the running backs to to subtract from, because they were dealing with Jay Ajayi, Darren Sproles played a couple of games, LeGarrette Blunt was their big running Mm -hmm. back there, who's obviously not a pass catcher. So I'm sure that had some to do with it, too. Um, but I, I still, I, I look at this and I think he's a lock for top five production. Yeah, yeah, I don't necessarily disagree, but like I said, wanted to make some counterpoints to that. And good counterpoints they were. All right, 
so my tight end, and if you follow me on Twitter, I, I expressed my love for this man uh, earlier this week. Uh, but I have Janu Smith as my trade target for tight end. He is currently going off the board at tight end 15, which is bonkers. Yeah, I don't get this one. Uh, I don't get his ADP. Yeah, Delaney Walker gone, like he he's gone. Um, he had just an amazing season, uh, even with um, with Walker there. I uh, in the games that he played, um, he 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 played great. Uh, I'm actually looking for my tweet here, so I apologize. Did it say something like, Johnny Smith, good at football, and also will get a lot of catches? Was it basically that? Basically. <laughs> good. Uh, no, I, I'm actually on the Johnny Smith train. Uh, by the way, I found your, your tweet here. I just um, found it, too. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Uh so every year he's been in the league, his targets and receptions has increased, which you like to see. And we know tight ends are historically take three to four years to really break out. Uh, for whatever reason, it's, it's a bigger learning curve to get into the NFL. Um, this is what I found most interesting. In the games where Walker was out and Smith was the only real tight end, his stats doubled each in each major category. So points per game, receptions, targets, touchdowns, yards, at a minimum doubled. Uh, so he's got the talent. I just, I mean, at tight end 15, I just, I, I just love him. We talked about him last year in, in the offseason a little bit, and I was a big fan of Janu. But the, there was always just the question of, like, well, how many games is Delaney going to mm-hmm. play? And that cuts him off at the knees. And that's what happened last year. Like, they just didn't have – he wasn't the guy last year. He was on his way, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, Delaney in front of him. And then that cleared out – like you said, it cleared out everything for him. Well, and I don't um, – I, I don't... ask you, just based on ADP, because we have on the books um, of one of our very first beer bets of this offseason – was I said that Mike Gusecki would finish outside of the top 15 tight ends mm-hmm. this year. So their ADPs are back-to-back. It's Gusecki over Johnny Smith. Who would you rather have? Uh, I would take, uh, I think, Johnny. And is that just for this year or for Dynasty all the way through? Um, I think for Dynasty all the way through. I know Gusecki has the higher draft capital. Uh, he was a first-round tight end. And he did really flash nicely last year uh, towards the back half of the year. But I don't know. I really like Janu a lot. I I feel like um, Tannehill is going to regress this season. And A.J. Brown isn't going to be nearly as efficient. Uh, and they don't throw to their running backs a whole lot. So if they're, they're going to need an outlet, it's going to be Janu. I dig it. I have one other name to throw out for mm-hmm. Titan. Um, and it's just because I had to keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling to find his ADP. 
And anytime there's a guy that's already on my radar and I have to do that for, I'm, I'm just excited. Just give, give him them. Uh, and it's Blake Jarwin. I feel like I've read so much about people being high on Blake Jarwin, mm-hmm. but it is not being reflected in his ADP, and it's really not being reflected in a lot of the trades that I've seen go down on Twitter. He is just, he's a cast-off still. And I don't understand it because Jason Witten and his old bones finished tight end 11 last year. Mm-hmm. Blake Jarwin's dynasty ADP is tight end 25. Some of that could very well be people don't believe that he'll be the guy after this year. You know, maybe they'll bring in uh, some assistance at that position. And his contract is, it does kind of look like that. I mean, they paid him a little bit, um, but it's very short term and it's, it's really not much compared to other tight ends. The contract aside, yes, they drafted another rookie wide receiver who will be great. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And I'm sure all three of those wide receivers will have their games to go off. But I think a consistent is still going to be. Dak has shown, Dak Prescott has shown that he still really likes to target the tight end. Mm-hmm. How much of that was the position and how much of that was Witten, I guess is still up for debate a little bit. But Blake Jarwin, when he got the opportunities, looked good. Mm-hmm. So, it, and he got targets from Dak. So I don't think that it's all Witten. Uh, it just can't be because Witten was basically being wheeled out on a sled uh, for the games, and then they just push him. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, offensive lineman just got behind his sled, and they just pushed him out there, uh, and then he just grabbed a ball for three yards and then fell off his sled. So I think Blake Jarwin, way more athletic, and the opportunity is still there, and you're getting him for just nothing. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about that. Yeah, I've got one more tight end as well, just briefly here, and that's Ian Thomas. He's going as the tight end 24 uh, in Dynasty, which is bonkers as well. Greg Olson, gone. I know new quarterback in town right now, but with people thinking that Teddy can't push the ball downfield with all these you know deep target threats they have there in that offense, why would he then not throw it to his tight end? That is the question. Uh, we saw last year um, Jared Cook with New Orleans that you know he was just fine when Teddy was in. And Ian Thomas, he's going into his third year. He's flashed potential. Uh, it's not like he's been terrible when he's gotten his chances. So I just don't understand why the number one tight end on a team is going solo when you have plenty of other uh, teams that – before him where there's multiple tight ends being drafted ahead of him. Can I answer that question for you? Yes. Uh, it's because Ian Thomas, he kind of looked bad when he was out there. Like, he kind of looked bad, but I don't, to your point, I don't think that that's his fault. Because when he had to go out there, it was like his rookie season, mm-hmm. Bulls got injured, and he was just like, yes. shoved out. Yes, field. I agree. His so rookie season, he didn't look he did. great, but last year, he didn't look that bad when he had his opportunities. I think he looked fine, but again, it was only his second year. Exactly. And, he's another, and he does have a good athletic profile mm-hmm. for these tight ends, which is, which is a good thing. So I I don't know. Like, I kind of get why his ADP is so low, but also I think it's one that you should take advantage of. Honestly, this is one of the strategies I'm fine with. If you can get studs locked in at running back, wide receiver, quarterback, whatever, and you just fully punt tight end for dynasty – 
and you want to collect a few of these kind of guys, I think it's a great strategy because one of these guys in this area, and you can toss in your Dawson Knoxes, your Jay Sternbergers, all these kind of guys who have the profile there, stock up on them, and then one of them hits, then you're set. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a fine strategy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's finish this off with uh, wide receivers. Start us off, Jake. I'd be happy to. Uh, can we talk about Jarvis Landry? Is that allowed anymore in the fantasy community? Um, I hope I hope it is because I, I posted on Twitter just the other day that every major fantasy analyst could write about Jarvis Landry and how he's of value. They could do that every day for the next two months, and I guarantee you his ADP will not increase by one goddamn mm-hmm. spot. This is the most hype-proof wide receiver I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, I was tempted to talk about Robert Woods here, but I think I've done that enough <laughs> over the last few episodes. I think I've hit my absolute quota for that. And I almost but picked Bobby Woods man, as well because I saw where he was going. I was like, that is just criminal. It's, it's anyway. wild. So Jarvis Landry, wide receiver 39 for Dynasty ADP. Hopefully, my hope is that some of that is built into his injury from mm-hmm. last year. And people are just, well, he had the surgery and they're tentative until they can see him on the field. Um, you know, call it the Matthew Stafford, uh, Todd Gurley issue, mm-hmm. James Conner issue. Like, it's just injury-based, maybe. But the dude has never, never finished lower than a wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. Uh, never been outside the top 24 in, in, in his uh, in his time in the league. And he's going to absorb the targets. I, I don't know how much more he has to do to prove to people that he will be a target monster. He's in a better situation being the team's wide receiver, too, though, than he is in that one dreadful year that he had, quote-unquote dreadful year that he had, uh, with the Browns where he was the top guy. Um, and I believe that was 2018 where he was, you know, the de facto wide receiver one on that team. And uh, and it didn't work out as, as well as everybody wanted it to. He was still fantastic. Um, he was actually, in fact, he was the wide receiver five as the guy because he just got, he, again, he got all the targets. Now, obviously, there's more competition there. Odell, I expect a bounce back from Odell Beckham. I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was last year. And he was fighting through injury last year, too. Uh, And they added Austin Hooper into the mix for tight ends. Um, Great. But they had options there at tight end last year. They just didn't utilize as much. I I actually see it's more of a downgrade for Austin Hooper. I think Jarvis is going to be another. He won't be close to a wide receiver one but he will be a mid to low range wide receiver too because that's all he does and and the fact that you can get him right now no bullshit for maybe a future second at most <laughs> i think you have to do that he's he's great consistency uh if you want to take a shot on some of these guys like brandon cooks that have high upside pair him with a jarvis landry that's mm-hmm. the move mm-hmm I agree. Who you got? So I've got Nikhil Harry. Uh, I've been on him pretty much since the season ended. 
trying to acquire him in, in pretty much all my leagues. He's right now going as the wide receiver 31. Uh, the thing with Nikhil Harry is he was injured last season, only played in seven games, uh, kind of came on towards the end. We saw him uh, have some good, some good, decent games towards the end of the season. Uh, there's There's been rumor out there that, that Tom didn't like him for whatever reason and just wouldn't throw to him. Uh, so hopefully getting a clean slate uh, with Stidham. Uh, they both were rookies last season, probably working on the practice squad together. Hopefully they have a little bit more of a rapport going on. I know wide receivers with that draft capital typically don't pan out historically, but I feel like with the discount you can get them at right now, um, and it may not pan out this year necessarily because uh, Edelman is still there, uh, but I can't see Edelman sticking around longer than this season there in New England. And Nikhil Harry was drafted to be the guy, uh, and he just a guy with that kind of draft capital will get more opportunities. Uh, so I think you can snag him up uh, for a heck of a lot less than what you would have had to get him last year at this time. Yeah, can I just say I'm kind of into the idea of picking up any wide receiver that's kind of like a prominent wide receiver for New England right now. It's like Edelman, Harry, even Sanu. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Take a shot on any one of those guys because they're all dirt cheap. Edelman's probably the most expensive of the group, but really any of them could be the wide receiver one because it's a new year with a new quarterback. So maybe Stidham really loves Harry. Mm-hmm. Like, go after can I also do a quick correction on my Jarvis Landry thing? I said that in his first year with the Browns, he finished his wide receiver five. That's not true. That was from 2017. He finished wide receiver 18. Uh, so still really good, though. Still within this typical Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I love the idea of Nikhil Harry. Remember when everybody took him as, like, the 101 or 102 in rookie drafts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just it. Like, you're going to get him. You could probably get him from a, or for an early second right now. I don't even think you have to pay that much, if I'm being honest. I, I, it, it really depends. I mean, the people that drafted him might not want to give up on him quite yet just because they did invest a 101 or 102 pick on him. But, I mean, you're definitely not, not going to have to pay a, a mid to high first round pick for him, uh, especially with this draft class. Hell no. And this is why I always say I don't draft rookie wide receivers. I wait until the year after when they're at a crazy mm-hmm. fucking discount because this is exactly the situation where that pays off. Mm-hmm. Um, one other guy that I'm really interested in at the wide receiver position, and I have to eat some crow here, Dustin, because remember last year when I was fucking 100% off of the Allen Robinson train? Mm-hmm. And, oh, everybody's thinking he can still be something because of that one good year that he had with Blake Bortles portals in Jacksonville well turns out I'm an idiot <laughs> because Alan Robinson made me look like a damned fool um, and in that offense with that quarterback it, it was difficult for him to finish as the wide receiver eight last year but he did it he did it and it was not based purely on volume it's not as if he just got uh, the Jarvis Landers treatment where he was just peppered with targets yeah, I mean, he got targets because the only other, you know, true wide receiver there was Anthony Miller. He was dealing with some of his own injury issues, too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But even outside of that, who they added? Nobody. No one. <laughs> they, they, added, they added 15 tight ends. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, and, and one half of those tight ends will, will give you a productive game or two. Um, but, but he, I mean, he, he did. He just made me look like an idiot. He was on his way to about 1,200 yards last season. Um, he, he's good. He's a good wide receiver. This was a situation where I had to learn that talent won out. Uh, and, and I don't think it matters whether it's going to be uh, Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles at quarterback. I think either way, I look just because there's no other competition for the dude. And even for tight end, uh, again, like end zone stuff, Jimmy Graham will get a couple more touchdowns than the average tight end, I suppose. But mm, other than that, man. Really? It, it, uh, yeah, that's true. Maybe not. I don't, <laughs> but Allen Robinson, wide receiver 27 is his ADP right now. And he seems to me, maybe this is bold, but he's a top 15 dynasty wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's I, super young. Yeah. He's super fucking young. He's, he's like 24 years old. Yes, he's still very young, and he's played with garbage quarterbacks his entire league, but still puts up those incredible numbers. So think of what he could do with even a middling quarterback, not even a great one, just a middling quarterback. Like, we, we would all be so much higher on him. Eh, is he a middling quarterback? For real football, yes. For fantasy football, for his own stats, no. He's terrible. <laughs> but he does get wide receivers to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. So I've got Tyler Lockett as one of my offseason wide receivers to go after. And I have him on here just because I was never a big believer in Lockett. Uh, and, and I'm looking to remedy that. Uh, he... He just keeps producing every season. I know after the 2018 season, you know, people were like, oh, he was super hyper-efficient. There's no way he can he can keep up this pace. Well, yeah, he wasn't as efficient, but he still he got more targets, almost had the same amount of touchdowns. Uh, and he, he's got a great quarterback, still throwing him the ball. I don't think that's going to change. I think with DK Metcalf there, that that only helped because now there's another stud wide receiver there to take some of that pressure off of Lockett so he can get open more. And not only can he burn down the field, but he can he runs good routes and he can do the underneath things and break away for those long gains. So I think he's, and he's super young yet too. He's only, uh, well, he's not super young. He's 27. I, I lied there. Um, but youngish, yes, uh, he's got a number of great years yet, and like I said, he's just someone I want to go after to try to get because I don't own him anywhere, and he's he continues to produce. Uh, fully agreed. Um, this might be the most I've ever agreed with you on anything, honestly. Tyler, because I was a big doubter of his efficiency because mm-hmm. he was always crazy hyper efficient and we've talked about it before but it's like eventually that has to go away and it's never gone it away doesn't. and I don't think it's going to go away now yeah I but agree I like you said adding DK I think makes him more efficient mm-hmm. fuck <laughs> yeah Gary Prospect there so I, I want to throw out one other name real quick oh I was going to throw out a couple names as well so go for it Okay, we can just do like a quick, like rapid fire with some of these guys. Let's do it. 
Um, Mecole Hardman. I'm all about buying Mecole Hardman, uh, trading for Mecole Hardman, getting him on my roster um, in any way possible. I've been trying to limit the amount that I say buy and own and sell because mm-hmm. it just sounds gross to talk about that with, with you know, players and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to get Hardman on my roster is, is costing me almost nothing at this point. Again, last year, if you wanted him, it was going to be a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. But now that Sammy Watkins has been brought back, um, it, it almost seems like that... Nobody believes in Sammy Watkins, but somehow that took the wind out of Mikola's sails mm-hmm. from a dynasty perspective. And I, I really don't follow that. So um, he seems like a guy that you can get fairly uh, cheaply at this point. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a big investment, so I'm willing to make that. Yeah, I have two guys, and actually doing a little research for the show, I um, actually put in a trade offer in in a couple of my leagues to try to get this guy. So uh, first one is Paris Campbell. Uh, Right now he's going as the wide receiver 57. Uh, I know. For someone that was very highly touted last season, and he was injured. And and now you have Phillip Rivers, who's going to throw the underneath ball, which will go to him. I just, I, I, as you said earlier, going after those wide receivers after their rookie season, especially when they underperform, uh, is a great time to try to snag them cheaply and, and hopefully get them for the bounce back that either if they turn out great, you keep them on your roster, or you can turn them and make a profit on them really, really easily. I like that. Th- this has to be then... One, that he was injured, and two, I guess, Michael Pittman coming on. People love rookies. Right. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Go after that guy. Yeah. And the same thing with uh, Arcega Whiteside. Uh, he's going 58 right now, right after Paris Campbell. Uh, him I'm a little bit more worried about uh, because he did look so bad last year. And I know we talked about this with uh, Shane uh, a while ago uh, when, we, when we did our NFC East divisional breakdown. Uh, but again, you can probably get him so cheap right now that it's worth the maybe late second, early third you got to pay for him just to see what happens. Because if he hits, you'll be able to turn that around and make a great profit off of it. Yeah, I'm only worried about J-Jaw because Shane Manila is worried about J-Jaw. Right. But you're right. Like, as a throw-in piece, hell yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Can we just say, like, basically, I mean, this is a consistent theme right now because we mentioned Nikhil, we mentioned J. Jaw, we mentioned Paris Campbell, we mentioned Nicole Hartman. Yeah, that class from last year, just that wide receiver class, mm-hmm. go throw out some offers for these guys. Mm-hmm. Yep, so smurfly. Well, Dustin, I made it to the, about the bottom of my my very large drink of tequila, so I, I feel like we did we did uh, it all of the damage that we needed to do. Nice. Right. I feel that way as well. Any last words here before we sign off, Jake? You know, the only one thing that I wanted to say at the towards the beginning of this that I didn't was when you're looking at off-season trade targets, uh, I've mentioned this before, but the whole idea, you don't have to trade for guys that are valuable right now. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of this episode was all these guys that we're talking about are undervalued. So don't wait until the hype comes for them. Get in, get in line early 
for that hype and try and look at the guys who will be hyped soon just by way of of when again the rookie draft the rookie fever has set in but once that starts to subside and i still don't believe that it really has all the way it, it probably won't until we see some kind of training camp come out really mm-hmm. um, but get get in the front of the line for some of these veterans that are just being still crazily underpriced in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, Ooh. folks. Well, you know where to find us on Twitter at Drinking Fantasy for our, our podcast handle. Feel free to hit us up with any questions you have. Redraft, Dynasty, Superflex. We're here for all of your, your uh, fantasy questions. Or if you have any good beer takes, we'll, we'll, we'll take those as well and give you opinions on those. Uh, we're not just a one-trick one pony here uh, at the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, but you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge. And, folks, please go out and give us a rate and review. You can find us pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. And until next time, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Ooh.